This morning we're going to talk about dreaming big. Dreaming big. I believe God's got a big life for every one of us to live, a big life of significance. I believe God's got a, a, a big dream for his church, for us together this year. And I said on New Year's Eve, on the, the uh, last Sunday of 2017, we've been dreaming about this year, planning and thinking about it for quite some time. And I have this great expectation that it's going to be our BYE, our biggest year Ever. Our BYE, our biggest year ever. I have, a, I have a sense that in 2018, more people are going to be invited to church and come into a relationship with God than ever before. I have a sense that in our church, more people are going to, are going to become a part of a, of a group that will be life-giving, that will answer questions, that will build friendships and community. More people will discover their gifts and find a place of significance and a sweet spot serving on their dream, to, on the dream team than ever before. I have this sense that we'll see uh, more interns sign up than ever before, more, more people get involved in, in different areas of church than ever before, the biggest year ever. And if you believe that, why don't just say amen. amen. Absolutely, absolutely. I want to, I wanna, especially as we get into this, welcome you if you're new to church and maybe you don't normally come to church and, and maybe you came along to our Christmas service or, or you've just sort of said it's time for me to get back to church in 2018, it's been a while. Or maybe like Jai here, who we heard from, you, you never, you've never gone to church. I want to say just you're so welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And I'm expecting and praying that something today will happen in your heart, something will happen in terms of your, your connection to God, maybe some questions that you've got will be answered just even uh, throughout the service this morning, and that you'll begin this year with, with what you're created to do, and that's to, with a relationship with God that will change everything. And at the end of this service, there will be an opportunity to say, yeah, I want that relationship with God, and I will lead you in a prayer on this way. Is that cool? Uh, we spent a little time over Christmas uh, with with my uh, nephew, who's about ten years old, and he, like his father, is sports crazy, sports crazy, and he's he's, he's actually in the academy for the Sydney Swans as an AFL kid. Uh, he's just he's absolutely mad keen, and we watched this little phenomena happen for him. And the phenomena was this: that whenever some sport came on TV, because we had it on in the background, whether it was the cricket or the Big Bash, you know, the Ashes or the Big Bash or whatever it was, whenever some sport came on, he didn't want to just sit there and watch. Within about five minutes of that game coming on, he's, he's got his cricket bat, he's got his ball, he's bouncing it up and down, he's ready to go. His dad tells me when it's like that with any sport. As soon as the AFL comes on, he, he can't sit down, he's kicking, running around and kicking. It reminded me as a kid, I used to be like that. I used to, we'd have the AFL on and the, the, the beyond, and I'd be like, at the moment I could, I'd get my dad and we had this long, narrow hallway in this old house and we would play kick to kick and it would pretty there's a few things you would do when you played kick to kick in our house. You, be, you'd get the Nerf ball, of course, minimum damage. But we had one of those hanging down light globes. So that would normally, a good game of, of inside football would destroy the light bulb. Uh, I, re, I worked out somewhere along the line that if you whammed into the wall hard enough, you could uh, pop doors open all down the hallway. 
So I don't know how my mum put up with this, but pretty much every Saturday night, I would the, the football would come on, I would be inspired, and I would literally spend the night bouncing off the walls, popping doors, playing kick-to-kick with my dad, playing long enough until he would come out. I'd just keep begging him, come and kick the ball. You'd try and kick it without it hitting the walls. And it was just, it was just this fun thing. And this little guy, Jacob, reminded me of that whole passion for life. And it got me thinking about, about you and I and what God's called us to do. And I love the fact that we come together and we worship and we come to get taught in church. But ultimately, the whole point of church is not that we sit here watching week in, week out. It's that we get inspired, that we, our relationship with God gets built, but it leads into something. It takes us somewhere in our relationship with God and in the dream that God has for our life. And the thing that I want to talk about this morning in terms of dreaming big is that there's a higher purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a higher purpose. Turn to your other neighbor and say, why do, why, how do dolphins live so well? Because they have a great purpose. Okay, no, don't say that. That's really bad. That's really bad. Okay, let's look at the Bible then. Okay, rather than dad jokes, let's look at the Bible. Let's turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to have a look at a story and get some thoughts out of this story about living for a higher purpose, dreaming big, living for a higher purpose. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 says this, So it was as the multitudes pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from then and were washing their nets. Yep, we'll keep going. Next verse. Otherwise, I'll just read from here. We're washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, until he asked, uh, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. All right. Now, first, first thought I, I want us to get. In this particular moment, Peter's, it's Simon Peter's boat, and Jesus comes along, and Jesus is, is invited into his boat. For many people, the start of living a, a big life, a life of great purpose and dreaming big, is to let Jesus come into our world. Jesus comes into our boat, and he begins to change us. He begins to transform us from the inside out. And then out of that, out of our transformed life, Jesus begins to speak to other people. People see the change in you. They see the transformation that's happened in our relationship with him, and they can see it and they can sense it. And so this is what's happening. And so he's speaking, then he goes, when he stops speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, here we go at your word, I will let down the net. I'm going to go through to verse 10. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Just pause there for a moment. They worked hard, but they saw nothing. They probably, for, for often in our world, we can not just work hard, but we can pray hard. We can believe God to do certain things and come to the end of a, a period of time, like for them it was a day, and go, man, I've believed and nothing's happened. Danielle and I began last year in about October, we identified three particular issues. 
in our personal world, in our, in our life that we wanted to see breakthrough in. And so we just made a decision that we're going to spend uh, t- about 10 minutes together each day speaking into these particular areas, praying into these areas. And we, we, I wrote down, I got three cards. And I wrote down the verses, the promises that God given us to begin to speak out over these particular areas. Now, that was October. Three and a half, half months later, I'd love to tell you that God has answered every one of them miraculously. But actually, three and a half months later, each one of those areas has got worse. Right, this gets good, okay? Just stay with me for a moment, okay? It, it doesn't, it's not that I've got the testimony right now, it gets good. I just, know, I just know this is what happens. When God gives us a promise, it gets tested. When God's given you a desire and he's put a promise in your heart, you'll go through a moment, and we call it kingdom reversal, where, where the Lord says, well, okay, devil, you have your shot first. I, I'm, I'm going to wait until I'm going to do my thing. You have your shot. And in the middle of this, I'm going to watch how they respond. Do they believe the word and the promise or do they capitulate under the pressure and just go, oh, well, God doesn't care. What sort of person are you going to be when the pressure comes? And so, so that's, that can be quite discouraging. And Peter's obviously quite discouraged here. He's in this moment. He said, I've worked hard. God, nothing's happened. But I love what he says. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word, each one of us sometimes have got to get into our heart a little bit of a nevertheless. Okay, all right, flip, it's got a little bit worse. That thing I was believing for has gone the other way. That thing that you, you're praying for that person to get saved and they've got harder in their heart. You're praying for that job and, and you got knocked back. You know, you're praying for your own house. You got kicked out of your rental, whatever it might be. You're like, I'm going for this, God. You've given me a promise. And it's got worse, but on the inside, you've got to get a nevertheless. You know what? Come on. This is why sometimes we just got to get to church. Because by nature, when pressure comes, most of us just want to sit down and go, Oh God, why didn't you do something? This is too hard. I'm just going to watch Netflix and hope it all gets better. By nature, that's the way we are, right? It's just how it works. But that's not the way you were created. You were created to get a, okay. Nevertheless, God said this, to stare at the mountain and not complain about the mountain, but speak to the mountain. This is what God said, and it's going to shift. That's just, that's not my sermon. That's just a little freebie for this morning. Nevertheless, 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 at your word, we're going to do it, God. We're going to take steps. We're going to put the boat out there again, even though nothing happened last time. I prayed all year last time and nothing happened. But nevertheless, because you said, I'm going to put the boat out again. And at one point, something's going to stir in the spirit realm and bam. And that's what happened. They get this crazy catch of fish. They're blown away. They're fishermen but they're blown away with a crazy catch. Maybe this is the year that you're going to get a crazy catch. And you know what? If you, if you go, no, no, I won't get my hopes up. I won't, get my, I won't risk it. I won't put it out. I won't put myself out there. Well, you won't. You won't get a crazy catch if you don't take the boat out there. You won't see crazy results if you don't have a shot. But if you have a shot, just come along tonight. Shred the past. Get all that baggage off that's holding you back in discouragement and unbelief. Shred it. Leave it behind and get ready to go into 2018. All right. Going good. Anyway, we're getting to our point here. 
Where were we? Can we have that scripture back up? Verse 7. Okay, there's so many fish, they began to sink. Let's go to verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his Jesus' feet, knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Next verse. For he and all who were with him were astonished. I, I, I just have the sense that, there's, that we're going to be astonished at what God's going to do for us. We've been praying for God to do a, a, a miracle with our land as a church. And can I just say, uh, we worked hard all year and caught nothing. In fact, right now, the, the things we're believing for look impossible. But nevertheless, because of the word, the promise, what God said, we're going to keep believing. We're going to sell that land. We're going to buy Power Road. We're going to build amazing facilities, $10 million, debt-free. And people will be astonished. If you never, never go, you'll never, never know. People will be astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Next verse, this is the last one. And so also with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon and Jesus, said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Something just happened in this story where God got into Peter and, and Peter's life he transformed his life as he got into his life and he began to speak out of his life, out of his boat. Then he began to do a miracle in his, actually what, what happened in this moment was the, the, those fish and the sale of those fish and the success of that business transaction that just happened launched Peter into being able to travel with Jesus for the next three years with, uh, in terms of financially, something significant happened there. But something powerful, more powerful than anything happened in that moment Peter went from living from day to day, living from moment to moment, living from catch of fish to catch of fish, to living for purpose. Jesus looked him in the eyes and said, Peter, this is great, and I've just put my blessing on your personal world, but I've called you for something higher. And when we talk about dreaming big as we look at a year ahead, I want to encourage you that dreaming big, it's great for us to dream that our businesses will prosper. It's great for us to dream that we'll get our first house. It's great for us to dream that God will, God will do things in our, in our health and our families, our relationships, that God will do things in terms of blessing our life. We're right into it. That he'll bless you in that realm. But can I encourage us today that dreaming big and thinking big is actually stepping back from my life and going, hang on a minute. I think God has prepared me and called me for something greater and something that's not just about me having a great life. That's part of what he wants to do. But actually, he wants me to be part of something bigger that will touch and change other people's lives. Peter, I'm not just here to give you a great business transaction so that you've got lots of fish. Peter, I'm here because I've called you to actually what you've learned in your fishing business. I want to take you and I want it to be about people because I'm mostly interested about people and their salvation. That's what God is. And I want to encourage us today to start to think, that, uh, to start to think about what can you do this year that will make a difference in other people's lives that's bigger than just the dream for your world. And the dream for your world's awesome, but tapping into God's dream for other people. I want us to look at a scripture here in um, Philippians, I, I think, 
Let's have a look here. In Philippians 3, 12 to 14, not that I've already attained or already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. When you got born again, God's grabbed you with purpose. He's wired you up for something significant. He's grabbed you. And so here's the thing. I'm going to press on, forgetting what is behind, he goes on and says, shredding what is behind. I, I grab a hold of a sense of purpose of what God's got me for. And so this morning, I want to just talk about a few different things. Just a few things that will stop you and lies that the devil will tell you that will, that will cause you to go, well, maybe... Maybe, maybe somewhere down the track. Maybe sometime in the future, God can use me to make a difference in other people's lives. It's, it's in your heart. I believe every one of us are wired up with a desire in our heart to make a difference in other people's lives. I believe every one of us, it, there's an ache inside of us, not just to know God, but to live a life of significance to live a life of purpose, a life that's going to make a difference for eternity, a life that's going to live on afterwards, after we're gone. I believe every one of us have an ache for that. It's the way you're wired. If you're just living, going around in circles from Monday to Friday, thank God it's Friday. I just got through for another weekend. Uh, that is going to be so unsatisfying. But you're called for something even greater than this. And so three lies that the devil will tell you to stop you from stepping into your make a difference, your, your higher purpose. The first one is simply this. You're just too busy. It's a, I want us to understand that that's, that's, a, that's a lie that the devil will tell you. You've got too much on your plate. You're too busy. You can't really make that much of a difference. And so we can sit there and look at it and go... Oh, if I evaluate my life, and, and then I, I just can't fit that in. God's calling me to do something about to help other people, but I can't fit that in. I'm just too busy. So sometimes when I, I approach that, often opportunities will come for me, and I usually pray along these lines. Is this God? Is God on this? Is this what he wants me to do? And if it is, I just, it's not a matter of am I too busy or not. It's a matter of, well, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to, what do I need to prune to make room for this? So I, I just had a little bit of fun the other day over my holidays. I, I got an app that my kids got me onto that was such a time waster. So it was just this little game called Balls. And you play it and it bounces around on the, has anyone played that game before? I, okay, my kids got me onto it. So the youth, you know what I'm talking about. And it just bounces around and bounces around. And the aim is to, is to knock off as many as you can. And, and let's just say I'm 10% of, of my son's achievements, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I, did, I did beat my daughter and now she's out to beat me back. And I'm okay with that. But as I came back from holidays, I realized that I could spend... 30 minutes each night if I, did, if I wasn't careful just playing balls. Just be careful how you say that. <laughs> okay. You can, okay. Just stay with me right now. Focus with me right now. Okay. I could play this game for about 30 minutes. And, after, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I played it on the last day, or the, the, the second last day of my holidays. I'm like, all right, I've just broken my record. And I just put it in front of Danielle and Gemma. And I said, all right, I'm deleting this app now because I know it's a time waster. And I know that there's other way more important things that I can be doing. So the principle, everyone who's done a bit of gardening understands this. If you want more fruit, you've got to prune some things back every now and then. 
You want a greater level of fruit in your life? You got to. Pr- and so, so, this is a great time of year to look through your schedule, your responsibilities, things that were once God but have now just become good. Things that were once the, something that God started you on, but now you just do it without really thinking about it, and it's lost its life, and it's lost its purpose, and you actually need to be courageous enough to go, okay, let's, let's get rid of that. I'm not going to do that anymore because there's no fruitfulness in it. And you'll find this, and I'm an amateur gardener, we, we find this is quite amazing how often when you prune something back, and although that can look bare for a little while, it's all of the, that life and nutrients flows into a smaller amount, but you get, a, you get greater flowers or fruit or whatever it might be. The pruning is effective. We do this as a church all, all the time, every year. You know, the question we often ask is, what sacred cows can we kill? What things have we always done that maybe we shouldn't do anymore? They were God, but they're not God anymore. And so one of the things last year that we found God was really on for our church was the early morning prayer meetings. We just we had a, a 10 days of prayer and so many people turned up and the presence of God was so strong. So many people talked to me. My prayer life has changed because I came along to pray. So, so this year, one of the things we're going to do instead of having... Uh, Two 10-day periods of, of prayer with early morning prayer meetings. We're going to have 40 days across the year, four 10-day periods of extra prayer. But so, so you say, oh, well, we're adding that. Well, then what are we going to take away? Because we can't just keep adding and people's lives are busy. So we look, and this is, this is me and the team as, as overseeing the church, but we've got to do the same with your own life. But we look and we go, all right, well, once a month we get together and we pray and we have united meetings and talk about the vision and values of the church. And then every small group leader, once a month they get together. Why don't we just cut that back, each one of those, to once every two months? And so this year, instead of having a United meeting every month, we're going to have a, well, what we call a dream team. Everyone who's part of a dream team United meetings every two months. And everybody who's a group leader will meet on the alternate month. And, and suddenly people have got a night back and we're making room in people's lives because we want there to be a sense that our lives can breathe and our relationships can prosper and we can reach out, build relationships with friends in the community. But it comes from just going, what do I need to prune? And I wonder for you, what for the fruitfulness that God's got, so that you don't, you don't just go, well, I'm too busy as an automatic response and shut down the voice of God. You go, oh, no, 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 okay, God, if you're in this, you want me to make a difference, then help me to be effective in pruning and time management. Am I helping anybody this morning? That's the lie of too busy. Maybe the lie is, is this, I'll wait until I've solved my, court, my main problems, and then I'll step up to live for a higher purpose. I'll wait to make a difference. See, this, this is what I passionately believe. I believe that God has wired every one of us with certain gifts and abilities that will build his church and make a difference in the lives of other people, that you'll live at your absolute highest when you're, living, when you're using those gifts. 
In fact, you'll, you'll feel frustrated and unfulfilled until you're using those gifts. And that, so that's you personally, but then the church will be missing out on what you've got to bring to the table. You've got something unique and awesome that God's placed inside of you to help encourage other people. And you'll, you'll just be living second-class Christianity until you discover what it is and find out and begin to make a difference in people's lives. I believe that passionately. So, but sometimes we have this thing, well, no, well, when I've sorted out the, I've got this issue. Hey, can I just tell you, we've all got issues. Some of you smiled quite a lot then. Some of you elbowed your husband right at that moment. No, we've all got issues. So if you're waiting to solve your issues before stepping up to be involved in, in helping and making a difference, if you're waiting for that, then you'll be waiting until the cows come home, whatever that means. You'll be waiting, you'll just be waiting, because here's the thing, the, the devil's trying to shut you down from making a difference in people's lives. He's trying to shut you down from using the gift of God that God's given you. And so his lie is, well, no, no, you once, wait until you've got that sorted. That's just not the way it works. We're not called to solve all our problems. We're called to live above our problems. You'll actually find that sometimes the greatest way to solve the problem that's consuming your thinking is to start making a difference in somebody else's life and the flow out of that begins to flow down into your life. Jesus said it like this in Matthew. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added to you. Maybe the answer to that problem that's been bugging you is not focusing on it so much, but beginning to live a life that's a bit higher and focusing on something for somebody else and helping other people. And you'll find that there's this trickle-down effect. There's this flow-down effect where, where helping others, God will start to add to you. Can I, can I help anyone here this morning? Next Sunday, uh, and we, we have this, these um, sessions. Every Sunday, there's a session in our church in the second service and the night service called Next Step Sessions. Next Sunday is what is, is called uh, Discover Your Purpose. It's where you do uh, like a, a workshop and you, you, you answer questions in a survey. You work out, this is the way my personality is. This is my passions. These the things that I'm excited about. Here's the spiritual gifts that I've got. This is how I'm wired up because the, the jigsaw puzzle needs to be completed here at the church. And you are an important part of the jigsaw puzzle. We had jigsaw puzzles at our place over Christmas and one of the little teenage punks took the remaining pieces while everybody else was finishing so that they could be the one when everyone had done the work to come in and put in the last piece. Oh, come on, help me out. But can I tell you, you're, you're an important part of the jigsaw puzzle of this house. And if you're from another church, you're an important part of the jigsaw puzzle of that house. And when you discover your gifts and your passion and your purpose and you click into that, you'll find that the problems that you've got, they'll shrink. They'll get smaller and you'll find something from God flows. You're, you're opening yourself up for a flow of something from God to help other people. So that's the second one. Wait until your problems are solved. And here's the third one. You, we're called for a higher purpose. The third one is this. I'm disqualified because of my past. And if I could get a keyboardist to come on up now, that would be so good. I'm disqualified because of my past. Uh, you know, I, 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 I just, or an alternative way of putting that is I'm just, I'm just not qualified. I, don't, I, I haven't done all the necessary study. I haven't done everything I need to do. Well, can I just say, get, it's quite possible to, to get qualified on the job. 
So once you've discovered what you're wired up for, once you've discovered your purpose and you start, you're starting to help other people, you'll find that wisdom from the Holy Spirit flows. You'll find that you get surrounded by people who can help you in different areas. Here's the thing. It's often where we've had our greatest struggles that when we lean into God, He gives us our greatest success. He takes, Paul says this, He's taken my weakness and He's made it a strength. And then I can help others with what God's helped me. Corinthians, Paul says it like this, He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. You're not, your past doesn't disqualify you from making a difference and living for a higher purpose. In fact, more often than not. Think of it like this. If you start out as a blank key, life comes along and challenges come along and we have failures. We, we step out and things don't work. We have painful experiences, and every time we have a painful experience, it just, it's putting a nick in that key. It's putting a nick in that. It's just, just cutting out a little piece of our life. And then God comes along, and we get saved, and we get born again, and he comes, and he brings us to a door, and he says, the key that's in your hand has been shaped by every failure, every disappointment, every discouragement. God's, God's comforted you in that and you go to put that key in the door and it fits perfectly because our past qualifies us for our future. It doesn't disqualify us. Your past will qualify you for your future. Jesus qualifies us for heaven. Nothing we do qualifies us for heaven. Jesus and his blood sacrifice qualifies us for heaven. And then it's all of our stuff-ups and mistakes that are redeemed by God that allows us to make a difference. Can I encourage you, if you haven't done it, next, next Sunday, get involved in that uh, Next Step Session 3 and then the following week, uh, Session 4, where you're just discovering the way you're wired up, your gifts, and then well, where, where can I, how can I make a difference around the church? How can I be launched, empowered to do that. And it's our, our goal is to help you find the, what you're wired up for and to empower you to use that gift. And you'll begin, when you begin to use that gift, you'll soar like never before. Come on, let's close our eyes and pray right now. Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you that you're speaking to us about your plans for us. Jesus, just like you said to Simon, I want to make you a fisher of men. I know in this room, Lord, you've, you've gifted each one of us with something that will make a difference. And I'm asking that you come and help us begin to live for a higher purpose. Come and help us. Come and help us. Come and help us. Lord, we come against every lie that the enemy wants to tell and rob us, that we're disqualified, that... Let's just wait till our lives are perfect. Let's try and get less busy. Lord, they're all lies. I'm asking that you'd give us the wisdom of God. If we're willing, you'll help us. You qualify the call. So right across this place, speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Speak to us. Prepare us. I pray in Jesus' name.